Hello. <laughs> Hello, I'm Laura. And I'm Alora, and this is Reading Rainbow. The podcast where it was <laughs> The podcast where we talk about books you had to read in school. And maybe try and figure out why why we had to read them. Yeah. What's up with that? What's up with that? No one knows. What's the big idea? This month we read Lord of the Flies by oh god, what's his name? William Golding. Thank you. I think is his it's like William G. Yeah. Maybe William it's Golding or something like that. But I think it's like Golding, like Ellie Golding. Yeah. Like but a, not a classic song. spelled the same. Yeah, the classic no, I song. I think it is spelled the same. Isn't it G-O-U-L-D-I-N-G for both of them? Man, Maybe. I wish I You look it. up William and I'll look up Ellie and we'll find it's out. It's Golding like G-O-L-D-I-N-G. G-O-L? Yeah. Oh, there's no U? Dang. Yeah, All so right. nice try. Okay, well, no. Ellie Golding definitely has a U in there. <laughs> yeah. Can I go off on a tangent already? Yes. <laughs> and when I was... This is when, like... Walk Off the Earth, you know that group that did, like, uh-huh. somebody I used to know on all on one guitar, like, four people on one guitar? This is when they were kind of hot. It was, like, maybe two or three years after that video blew up and went viral. And I got an email. No. Well, like, I was subscribed to their YouTube channel. I got an email because they had posted a comment on one of their things, and it said, like, hey, Ellie, we're, we love your music, and we're really interested <laughs> to, like, collaborate with you. <laughs> Stupid little, like... Adolescent me was like, well, my name's Ellie, and I do like to sing, <laughs> but I don't have any music out there, but I'm honored that they want to work with me. And then I was like, oh, you, I, I was like, I'm dumb, it's not, it's not me, it's Ellie Golding. Well, I'm glad you felt important for a second. Yeah, for a, but a mere second, I felt <laughs> like I had worth, and then, and then I got good. Anyways, yeah. so let's do a quick summary. Yeah, what was, quick what summary. was it about? So at the beginning, several boys, British boys, have been marooned on an island. Um, there's Ralph, who is charismatic, I guess. They all want him to be leader. Um, he wants to keep order and like keep all the rules up. And um, he wants a fire going so that people will see the smoke and they'll be rescued. Um, there's also Jack who he really wants to just hunt. Like, he just wants to hunt the pigs in the island. He wants to be in charge. He's got a knife. And he's very um, violent sometimes. And eventually he wants to break away and form his own tribe because he's so fed up with all the rules. Um, so he goes to another part of the island, and they paint their faces, and they sing weird songs. They do dances about killing pigs. Um, and at the end of the book, they are rescued. But before then, two people die. <laughs> Piggy and Simon died, and they're kind of the voices of reason. Um, Piggy, poor guy, he was like Ralph's friend, but Ralph kind of didn't treat him that well. He had Got glasses. Yeah, it was not good. Very toxic environment for him. Um, he had glasses. And asthma. He couldn't see once the glasses were broken. Um, Simon, what did he do? Simon, I don't know, I didn't really... <laughs> he said, maybe the beast is really inside us he all the time. He like, I felt like he was just like the nerdy, smart kind-hearted man, man-boy of the group. I don't know, when I was, I just want to say, I didn't read this book, but I listened to it. So, I've retained most of what I listened to. And from what I listened to, Simon seemed like a nice guy. Because he was, like, nice to Piggy. Yes. Right? And I also oh, have yeah. the book in front of me. I just never oh, opened great. it. Wait, you have it? That's well, crazy. Well, I, like, borrowed it from the library. Good. And then I was like, I'm not going to read this. Get your library cards, people. Yeah, dude. If you don't have a li- I'm being serious. I don't have, I, even though I don't read a lot, I use my library card all the time. Because you can get free audiobooks, so get good. And I use Libby all the time. This is not a product endorsement, but I just use it If you want to, you can, Libby. Yeah. 
We're welcome um, to it. So anyway, they both die. Like, they die at the hands of these other kids, who, by the way, are, are like... We don't know how old they are, but they're like middle school. Like not Since they're choir boys, I imagine that they are very young because their voices are very high. Probably, yeah. Probably. There are altos in there. Yeah. And sopranos, I think. Anyway. Maybe. Um, and throughout the whole book, they kind of create the mythos of this beast. They think there's a beast on the island that's going to haunt them. It's this lurking fear inside of all of them that kind of drives them to do crazy stuff. Like hunt all day for the beast when they have no actual evidence of it existing. Yeah. I feel like... I was reading it, and, you know, like, Jack has the agenda of wanting to kill, and then they have this whole chant where it's like, kill the pig, slit her throat, cut her, drink her blood, or something. <laughs> no, they don't drink her blood, but the, they, like, have this whole chant, and then uh, while I was listening to this, because it was, like, an auditory experience for me, that, like, chant would sometimes just, like, follow me into my life, and I would, not, oh. like, the words, but I would just be like, dun, 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 I don't know. It'd be oh, like, okay. So you're, like... I was really feeling it. I in really... line at the grocery store, like... And I was like... Check out these... <laughs> check out these groceries. <laughs> Get the milk. Get the eggs. <laughs> Drink the things. Gatorade. Yeah. Drink the Gatorade, yeah. So it's just... Okay, cool, yeah. That just really spoke to me. I was, it must be so tribal. Really hit a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> survive, uh, like, primal instinct in me to, to follow that, so... Yeah. Did you read this in school? No, I, I never did. Neither did I. <laughs> but I heard about it, and I took, like, a poll after we decided this was the book we were going to read, and I was like, on my Snapchat, hey, guys, if you have ever read this book, please reveal yourself, and let me tell you, my Snapchat had never been hotter. I had, like, 60 wow. notifications. I was like, oh, my gosh, and it was people that I hadn't talked to in years. It really riles people's up, I guess. Apparently, no, because the up. consensus was so many people had read it, and it was a school reading assignment. Like, they had read it because... It was assigned in school, mm -hmm. and a majority of them hated it. I know one of my friends was like, I like it. And I was like, well, have fun being special, but <laughs> you are the only one. Yeah. Because I also didn't really take to this book that much. I thought it was really well constructed. Like, it was paced well. Because I thought, I thought things would descend into madness very, very quickly. Like, but there's only 12 chapters, and it really doesn't, like, a murder doesn't happen until, like, chapter 9 or something. And then it ends very quickly. Um, so I thought he created a sense of, like, foreboding really well. I thought, yeah, the descent into madness was pretty plausible. Um, but, I mean, it wasn't, it was also super confusing because all of these characters are boys. So there's a lot of he pronouns tossed around so it's like he did this he did that and i have no idea what's happening which there's he like are we 20 talking? people in the room like what's happening yeah um so sometimes i was just like i don't know what is happening right now or who's speaking there's also a lot of description of land that i just couldn't care understand. about <laughs> like couldn't care less he spends paragraphs being like there's a long stretch of rock and the trees are like interspersed and there's above that there's like a lagoon and uh, la 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 and i just can't get that in my brain you know yeah, no, I wasn't drawn. I am usually not a fan of a lot of world building. Like, if I mean, I'm a fan of world building, but if world building comes in the form of exposition and just describing things around you, that doesn't fly with me. Mm -hmm. I usually get really bored and zone out. Yes. One of the reasons I listened to and did not really take to Ready Player One, which I wasn't a big fan of, and I don't know who wrote that, but you know them. I, I didn't. No, I don't. Well, I'm, you don't, but the reader, the oh, listeners, okay. they know. <laughs> I was like... They know. Also, when I was pulling for feedback of this book, a lot of people were saying, this is representative of society and violence and a reflection of the human condition or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I guess I got that. Sometimes I feel like it was heavy-handed because they were just like, we formed our own society and we have the conch and a leader, which is basically a talking stick when you're in, in class. And it annoyed me every time Piggy was like, I've got the conch. That's really like, if you've ever tried to get a group of people to be quiet, like that is a real struggle though in civilized society, not just on an island. I think one of the intended takeaways was um, that really secretly we're all savages and we would abandon our morals without structured societies or structured rules or on the flip side that like rules in real life don't matter that much what do you think about that i think it was definitely uh kind of here take a look at yourself society but it seemed like it was also similar to the stanford prison project or whatever the where prison experiment, yeah. yeah the prison experiment where you get a bunch of people and once you remove structure they tend to create their own structure and or it results in chaos and violence mm -hmm. and i feel like that was a pretty good example but they did it much more interestingly than william golding over here well this was a book <laughs> well i'm just saying yeah they could have um, done better to make ourselves feel better we do a lot of things like we apologize a lot or we say please and thank you like those things don't mean things anything but just feel like we have control or that people respect us like there's a point in the book where jack lets the fire go out and ralph is so angry and so jack says oh i'm sorry and he waits for ralph to say sorry too and he doesn't and everybody's like consensus that something has shifted because he refused to do that little nicety if you go to a different culture you'll notice that because there's different unspoken expected formalities that you do yeah or even just like smiling at people on the street hmm. some people think like oh you should because you're friendly others are like no why would i do that to strangers but people form an opinion of you like oh they're unfriendly because they didn't smile at me when we walked past each other for two seconds like in sociology you think of it in the moray and folkway parts not an actual law but you break it and you've broken a social law so farting in front of people yeah is a foray a moray a folkway sounds like which one is that one <laughs> i don't know I mean, one of them is the actual <laughs> rules one of them is the societally constructed ones and when you fart in front of people you're not gonna get sent to jail thank god or, but it's a faux pas and it isolates you from normalcy yeah. in our society another antenna takeaway is that logic is really helpless against fear like fear is what drives these kids for so much of the last part of it like they're afraid of each other and the beast and they can't reason that away like they can't they just can't think they don't i think they are children but that happens to people of all ages yeah because ralph is always like don't talk about the beast, it's not even real, or someone says that. Mm -hmm. But they keep talking about it, and then the beast gets larger and larger and larger, and it's because they're making it up in their minds and they haven't seen it. And it's similar to the horror movie theory, or maybe it's H.P. Lovecraft or whatever, but once you introduce a monster and then give the monster an, uh, a concrete form, it will never be as scary as whatever the audience had imagined in their mind. So you either wait to show what the form looks like till the very, very end, mm -hmm. or you never reveal it. And they kind of do that in Bird Box, which my younger sister yeah. watched seven times when it came out. Oh she God. loved that stuff. And I was like, so, what? I was like, Sophia, it's time to stop. <laughs> That's enough. And William Golding does that in the book, too, because there's a lot of things he doesn't show. Like, he does let you know the beast is not a real thing, but it's implied that the tribe tortures each other, or, like, beats each other up for, like, no reason. Like, I miss that. Like it's, like, it's implied that Jack, the leader of the tribe, will just kind of choose people to beat up 
and he won't really tell them why. Oh yeah, they're being beat up. He just does it for power. Then when two of the when two boys are forced to join, Ralph is like, "Well, what they do to you?" And they like won't say. He's like, "What are they gonna do to me?" And they will not tell him. And like we don't really know. It's like never explicitly said. You can like put the pieces together. Do you know what? I I do. do. I have a. I was preoccupied because I had a question (laughs) that I just wasn't. I was like, "Oh, I'll ask it on the podcast. It'll be fine." I just won't understand until then. Are Sam and Eric the twin, the little twins that he's talking about? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so in the book and the reading, they put together the name Sam and Eric, so it's like S A M N E R I C. So it's one word. So they refer to them as like one unit. Oh, interesting. Uh, like, the book. A- like after their first introduction, which is very good, was very confusing for me because I don't. No, listen. <laughs> I'm looking. Uh, I have the book here in the studio. I'm looking through. And I have they it on my straight phone. Straight up, don't. And I'm gonna prove you. Yeah, but a mine fool. is con- Mine is lo- oh, looks old. So oh, Sam when they're Eric. talking to them, when they refer yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a very confusing experience because I didn't notice when they started it. I was just like, that's a weird, weird name, name or a curse word, maybe or I don't know. Samaneric. Samaneric. Like, or I, it looks like Samneric. I was like, what the <laughs> heck is that? It's not in the dictionary. Kind of sounds like a spice. Yeah, right? Like turmeric. Yeah. Generic turmeric. Anyway, I didn't realize until much later in the book that that's the twins. I guess that's the downside of listening to the books, folks. Yeah. So if you're going to be on this podcast like I am, maybe you should change your habits. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. It really just, it depends, man. Stuff's hard. I think I understand why we had to read this in school because it talks about the fundamental elements of the society that help construct rules and social hierarchies and everything. But this was just a boring book, and I feel like there's other books that do this just as well and are more entertaining. What are some of those books? We'll get to those later in the book recommendations. (laughs) But I'm just saying, a lot of dystopian future fantasies, I feel like, do that. Where they say, take a look, society, this is what you do, and this is how it could change, or this is how we become this way. So I was not impressed. The fact that it's fiction kind of removes some of the punch of the message. Because you're like, well, he's just making it up. He's just making them do this, like, as a writer. And, like, I mean, the characters are cohesive, coherent, and consistent. But you could argue, like, oh, well, it's not real life. So I think that makes us feel better. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You can feel removed. There it is. Sam Narek. I found it in the book. Famous <laughs> Spice, page 172. No. No. There's not even 100 pages <laughs> in this thing. In page 72... I mean, there are 100 pages, but whatever. Case closed. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. I think you could make the argument, well, it's fiction, or people will make the argument, it's fiction, this is not real life, I can remove myself from this situation. But, like I said, I feel like there are times when it's fairly heavy-handed and they're saying, this is you, but in a different form, as little British boys. I have a question Which, also, uh-huh. since you read the book. When they... <laughs> <laughs> yes, as I read. When they talk about... Piggy's asthma. Did they put an R at the end of asthma? It is. It asthma? says like asthmar. <laughs> okay. I was wondering because when I was listening to it, the audiobook teller man yes. was saying it weird. And I was like, asthmar, it sounds 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 wrong. But it, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, it's very it's weird. It's ass dash mar. Oh, so they're just making fun of Piggy. Piggy's like, I have asthma, and they're like, Asthmar? I don't know what that is. Maybe I I didn't there's Put that A-holes. together. Because, like, some of them say asthma and some of them say asthmar. Maybe I did not. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought it was just a British thing. Oh, you didn't even know that those <laughs> no. were the same words? No, I mean, I knew they were. I thought that was just, like, them saying it differently because they're British. I don't know. 
<laughs> I didn't think about it. I listened to it multiple <laughs> times and I thought to myself, this is annoying. Why yeah. don't they say the actual name mm-hmm. of this little boy's affliction? So, in the book, they create fire. The only way they have of creating fire is using Piggy's specs, his glasses, to do the, the sun and the stuff. To do the, the sun. Yeah. To do the sun. <laughs> to do the signs on the stuff. So that, And that's the only way they have of making fire. So when they go to the top of the mountain to make the fire, Piggy has to go with them. Or they have to take the glasses from Piggy and leave him sightless. And once they have split into two tribes, Jack actually raised the camp so he could steal Piggy's glasses from him. And so, like, Piggy can't see. So I'm wondering, <laughs> could a conflict have all been avoided if they just figured out how to make fire without glasses? Because... There are ways, right? Maybe, maybe. I mean, the the specs do the spectacles do play a big part of it because yeah. it's one of the symbolic elements of the book. But I I would like to think that this all wasn't as easily resolved as, hey guys, let's rub two sticks together and let's make just, like, like fire. Really figure out how to do this without relying on this kid's glasses. I was so sad when he died. I was like, <sighs> I barely remember when he died. I remember when Simon died, but we sat then. Uh, so like, I always think it can always be scarier, but that's just because yeah. I'm like, entertain me. Okay. So, <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. It was sad, I guess. So all I right, found this very... book always just barely making the cut, if if not making the cut at all. The cut for being good? For entertaining me. Entertaining. Okay, got it. I feel like this also talked about socialization. Yeah. And especially with adolescent boys, because... They can be real mean. Yeah, to each other. And I think someone told me at one point, middle school, you don't go to middle school to learn. You go you go to middle school to get socialized and get to develop social skills. Why did Jack have a knife in the first place? Because if he was on a plane, I guess this is pre-9-11, right? Why Probably. do you have a freaking knife with him? I don't know. He just, in the first scene with him, he like slashes a tree. He's like, I got a knife. And you're like, what? <laughs> you're a choir boy. Boys will be boys, man. I guess. You know that toxic phrase. Speaking of which, I, I think one of the unanswered questions was talking about gender and race and uh-huh. how that all plays into it. So if this was a group of fine female identifying adolescents, mm-hmm. would one of them have a knife? Would any of them know how to make fire? Yeah. Or a mix. Um, yeah, like the, or different races, different... Ages, I mean, they do, like, range from, like, little ones to biggins, as they say. But, I mean, but, if you want to think like about it, different ages, just think of the TV show Lost, basically. I, okay. I haven't seen that. Oh, well, ever. Lost, do you know the premise of Lost? Sure. Okay. I don't know, know because I didn't see it. But if you know that, I haven't seen it either, but I know the premise of oh, it. Oh, then I don't think this is a good discussion. I don't know why I'm not picking up what you're putting down, but... I'm just... I'm just <laughs> saying, Lost... <laughs> The premise of both Lord of the Flies and Lost is the same. Yeah. And the difference is one is a bunch of little boys and the other is full-grown adults. But I also don't know, since I haven't seen Lost, if it's asking those big questions like how is society constructed and how are we socialized to interact with each other. So I don't know. Because, as we mentioned to each other earlier, the mention of female-identifying characters is little to none. Mm -hmm. And then also, these some of these kids are at the ripe age of puberty, so you have to think that something's on their mind. I have actual takeaways. Okay. My actual takeaways. Morality is relative and constructive. Like I said earlier, we make up a lot of the niceties that we do to make each other feel better and make us feel like we're being good to each other. Some feelings are choices and others are not. Oh yeah, I mean, I think that's true. 
so well i think you can convince yourself not to want to feel things you can want to feel things and not want to feel things but ultimately i think instinctual and guttural feelings are not a choice mm -hmm. because i can want to not hate someone but if i don't like them no matter how much good they do if i don't like them i don't like them and that's just me baby it's all me she's <laughs> <Okay>. full <laughs> of hatred yeah. and spite we i feel like we've exhausted this to the point that we need to so like what would you rate this book let's say out of 10 out of 10 out of 10 five <laughs> five out of 10 uh yeah i'm gonna elaborate yeah i mean i did like mention like it was really good well constructed lots of good foreshadowing but confusing imagery very confusing dialogue with all the he's i would give it maybe a two or a three out of ten because I liked the premise, but, and I have the same feeling about Soylent Green, which is a horror movie made in the olden times. I don't know how old, but I just know it was before. It was in the before times. But I want to see the nitty gritty stuff. I want to see people get smashed up and okay. like turned into the stuff I'm about to chomp down on. Ew. So similar to that, I wanted wow. more. I don't know. I just, <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm a modern day reader who has a very short atten attention span. I am a goldfish and if I'm not being told all about mm -hmm. the horrible thoughts that these kids are having and all uh, the vile things that they're doing, I'm not as intrigued personally. That's mm -hmm. what draws me in all that gore and nitty gritty. That does not factor into my reading. I was kind of glad it wasn't the category. Well, um, we're two different readers and that's the beauty yeah. of this. That's the duality of this podcast that yeah. really makes it special. I was very, very drawn in at the end when it's like the final scene, like Ralph is crashing through this whole island, like he's fighting kids, fighting for his life because they thought the forest had fire and like he's like the last one of his tribe alive. Mm -hmm. I was really like on the edge of my seat then and then when the they get rescued, I was like, okay, You feel like fine. we were <laughs> right at the climax and then they're like, just kidding. You're like, yeah, just kidding. Like they pulled away like... They're like, ah, it's all a dream because they're going back to society now, which, like, I guess is the point, but I just didn't really like the effect. Like, the point was like, oh, like, the adults are back in charge, so now you can see how freaking ridiculous you are. You wanted to, you wanted the suffering to be prolonged. Yeah, I guess. And I seen will. to fruition. Yeah, I wish they had stayed, like, I, guess, I don't know, I guess why it's necessary to pull back the veil and bring them back into, like, the perspective of, like, civilization and society, nice society. It was just very jarring. Didn't like the uh, body shaming. What are you gonna do? I don't know. He already wrote the book, so... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right into William Golding. He's dead, though. He died in... Wait, really? No one knows. I don't know if he's what? dead. He could be dead. Let's look it up. Okay. William Golding is dead. 93. He is long oh, dead. It's been more than 20 years since he passed on from this life. Oh, man. Alright. So... We can't write to him. We can't tell him that I wanted more gore and you wanted less body shaming. So that's so that's why we get to judge it now. It's yeah. at its whole. And also it was published. So even if he wasn't dead, we could still make these judgments. Yeah. Book recommendations. Um, my recommendation is actually... It's, uh, it's from my middle school reading days. Mm. It's a scholastic book called Shipwreck by Gordon Corman. And I loved this series. It's basically, it's six kids marooned on an island, but it's not Lord of the Flies. Like, they don't kill each other. They get mad at each other. And it's a very much didactic book about how to survive in the wilderness. Like, how to problem solve and how to tell which things are poisonous or not. Like, how to cook a chicken that you catch. It's weird because, like, the atom bomb comes into play at the end. Not like it drops in the, like, there's a hit. Spoilers. <laughs> if you want. Okay, if you haven't read it from this point on, Skip 30 seconds ahead <laughs> to listen to my recommendation 
add it to your book list, but now there's a spoiler for the book that you should read. Go. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't know. I, the World War II, like, nuclear bomb was hidden on the island or something, and the kids found it, and so when the military picked it up, they're like, hey, you guys dropped a bomb over here. Entertaining read. They all make it. Everybody survives. It's a very happy ending. So it's a very much, like, lighter version of The Lord of the Flies. I don't know if I'm just not into these kinds of books where it's people starting anew and constructing a society from nothing, but I can't think of a book that I would full-heartedly recommend, I, but I can think of books that I think touch on the same topics as Lord of the Flies that I liked much better. For example, The Maze Runner, which is a really popular one. It was turned into a movie. That's another one where a group of boys are... Man, all these boys. I know. Jesus. What about the women? Or the girls, or the ladies, or the females? Or, or those of non-binary. Or non-binary. Yeah, what about them? Maze Runner is a group of boys wake up with no memory except for their name in a field, surrounded by a wall, and they create this society, and every month they get a new boy with some supplies, and then Thomas comes along, and that's our main character, and he's the last boy they will ever be sent. And then a couple days or weeks, I really don't remember, a lady comes along and it's all like, ooh, something's a Bruin, change is a Bruin. So, Maze Runner by someone. You should know who it's by. Okay. Not you, personally, okay. I was Laura, like, but I mean the, the readers. I was like, wait. If gonna... you type in Maze Runner into Google, there's very few books. I guarantee you the first book that appears is the one I'm talking about. This is a real tangent. I looked at the segment of like possibly doing a Dreamcast. I was like, dang, I don't really know any actors that could fill this I don't care about this these story. kids enough to think about who yeah. they could possibly But I was thinking, I was like, maybe I could just look up the base Runner cast. <laughs> I did have a question yeah. about... Here, I wrote it down. In chapter one, they talk about a, a dark little boy, yeah. and I didn't know if that meant that he was black. See, I don't think they would have... I, I Like, I don't know. Because it's like, is that euphemistic language? Are they say, trying to avoid saying... That's what I was wondering. That Or do they mean tan... Yeah. No, like, I just didn't know. I also don't know. Because <laughs> they do the same thing in Hunger Games when they describe Rue from District 11 or yeah. 9 or 10 or whatever. And I'm going to be real, until I saw the movie, I didn't know that Rue was black. Yeah. They or... just said that she was really good at hiding at night in dark places. I didn't know that meant she was black. I thought she was just very stealthy. Well, we don't... Did that author... Like, also, did an author intend that? Or did she mean something? This is confusing. Listen, y'all, just tell us if your character is black. Because if they're black, it's, it's okay. that's important to their like, identity. <laughs> and that's okay for them to... Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, what are you what are you currently reading right now, Laura? I'm currently reading The Seven and a Half, Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. Um, and that one is like a... It's interesting mystery. I don't know if you call it sci-fi sci or fantasy yet. It's kind of unclear. Um, basically, the main character is a man um, who... He's reliving the same day over and over again where this woman, Evelyn Hardcastle, dies. Um, and each day he's in a different host. All men so far. And there's this, like, scary man in a plague doctor costume. Um, with the bird mask? Yes, with the bird Ooh. mask. Who told? Who, who explained the rules to him, like, you're supposed to solve this woman's like, uh, death within eight rounds of this day. Um, and if you give me the name, then you can escape. If not, then you will do this all again forever. It rumpled Siltskin, but not at all. I was going to say, I don't really see that. Well, but... except for the name thing. That was The name oh. thing was the connection, but yeah. no, it's not. Um, so yeah, I'm like smack in the middle of that. It's pretty uh, interesting. And let's talk about the book, because last time you also said I was currently reading blah, blah, blah. 
How was that book? Because I assume oh, that you finished. Yes. Let's do is, a follow-up. Oh, yeah. This is How You Lose the Time War. Um, I liked it. It kind of had an ambiguous sentence. So I was a little disappointed. And I was like, anticlimactic. I am currently reading two books for class because any reading I ever do is all for, for my classes. So I'm reading The Inheritance of Loss by Kieran Desai, which is for my Modern South Asia class. A collection of characters. Some of them are Indian American. Some of them are Indians. You switch between different characters' perspectives and how they deal with... I mean, it, it kind of seems like it's them dealing with the duality of their identity in relation to Western culture. And then the other one I'm reading is America is in the Heart by Carlos Bolusan. I think I said his name wrong, but I'm trying my best. Um, which is a memoir by a Filipino-American and his journey to America. It's really sad. And then last episode I was reading Warrior Woman by Maxine Hong Kingston. I didn't really like it. It was very hard for me to tell where to draw the line between memoir and fiction. Also since then I read The Jewel in Her Lapidary which is a novella. I didn't like that one as much. Um, Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ning. Ning. I think that's how I pronounce yeah. it but I really don't know. Um, and to drive your plow over the bones of the dead by Olga Tarku Tokarczuk. I'm sorry, Tokarczuk. That's okay. Yeah, Polish. Nice. Yeah. Since the last episode, I finished two other books, and that was Where the Mountain Meets the Moon by Grace Lynn and Mulberry Child by John Ping. Mulberry Child is a memoir, but I really, I didn't really like it. I felt like it was more of an autobiography, and it wasn't. It was a lot of telling me the facts versus what I felt like memoir should be, which is storytelling. And Where the Mountain Meets the Moon is a fiction book that's based in a lot of folktale, so I really enjoyed that. So, if you liked what you heard, or you didn't like what you heard, let us know at reading... No. <laughs> no. Let us know at readingnotreading at gmail.com. They are spelled, reading and reading are spelled the exact same, so if you think about it, it's technically reading not reading at gmail.com. If it makes you feel better to think of it that way, you can, but yeah. it's reading not reading. Mm -hmm. Because we are reading rainbow. Yeah. And um, we come out with new episodes on the last Thursday of every month, and our next episode we will be reading... The Color Purple! The by, Color Purple! By Alice Walker. Yes, by Alice Walker. So, have a good night, y'all, or day, or whatever. Woo! Yep. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> 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 <laughs>